Ephesians chapter 3. We've been going through the book of Ephesians, and we're getting uh, close to the end here now. And uh, so we're looking at uh, verses, don't know how far again we're going to get, verses 18 through 21, but I'm going to read 17 so it'll help us a little bit with 18 and 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to that power, the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And what I want, the reason why I really wanted to read uh, verse 17 is we're going to go into 18. But when we look at it, that we want, that Apostle Paul said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints, with all saints, what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. So when we look at this, we can see that if Christ dwells in your hearts by faith, if Christ dwells in your hearts by faith, you will be, you will be rooted and grounded in love. And because you're, you're, you know, Christ is dwelling within us by faith and that you're rooted and grounded in love, we can see that as a consequence or as a result of that, you will be able to comprehend spiritual things. Because we've been born spiritually. You know, we can go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and at the beginning, and in verse 1 it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now that word quicken means to give life to. Now we know we've been walking around and we've been breathing, you know, and we're walking and we're living in this world. But what he's talking about, the life that he's given you is spiritual life. Because you were the natural man. And remember what we've said, the natural man cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. So when we see that Christ dwells in your hearts by faith. Remember when we talked about, we said, you know, it's not how much faith you have, it's who do you have faith in. Who do you have faith in? You know, remember we went to Hebrews chapter 11, I think it's verse 8 or 9, that, you know, what it says that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we got to have that faith. And when we have all this faith and we're rooted and grounded in love, we can see we can comprehend spiritual things. How awesome it is when we can understand spiritual things. You know, that means when you're, when you're reading the Bible, 
when you're reading the Bible and you see those things in there that you can understand those, you can comprehend them. Because, you know, what does it say? It says, you know, all we need to ask is ask of God. If you don't understand it, ask God, and he'll help you to understand the scriptures, the Bible. It's in there. So it, it's when we can look at these things and see these things, it's, it's, it's really pretty, pretty good. You know what I mean? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for just a second. I guess I just should have read this before <laughs> I said it because verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I guess I remember that pretty good, didn't I, Brother Roger? So when we see these things, it is, we can understand these and look at it and say, wow. But if we go up to verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, scriptural things with scriptural things. That's the way we need to go and, and do that. Because look at Paul, look at in verse 1 of chapter 2. And I, brethren, Paul saying, and it's, it's me, Paul, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. You know, look at, look at him. For I determined not to know anything among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. See, th th these are the things, you know, we need to understand. I remember my, my father-in-law, he, he taught me, he says, you know what? If you don't know what to preach on, preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. You, you can never go wrong with preaching about Jesus. You know, so it's, you know, we look at all of these things, all of these, this, this is all one continuous sentence. So if we go start at verse 14, we go all the way down to verse 19. This is one continuous sentence. So we know that Paul here is trying to set forth a thing that's going to be very important for us. And we know we're going to get to, we're, we're getting to the end here. Because remember, chapters 1 through 3 in Ephesians are what? Doctrinal. Teaching us doctrinal things. And 4 through 6 is practical. So he's getting right to the very end of chapter 3. So he's trying to teach us these doctrinal things. Being rooted and grounded in love. You know, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You know, it's just Paul is trying to bring this out to us to help us to fully understand and to be rooted, rooted and grounded in all these things. Cause when we're out in the world, you're going to be, you're going to be bombarded with different things from different religion, different churches that are out in the world that might not believe the same way we do here. Because we know it, Bill, don't we, that we believe in free grace. We don't believe in free will. There's a lot of churches, a lot of churches in this area believe in free will, free will, not that free grace of God. 
You know, if you try to tell them, you know, tulip, you know, the, the total depravity of man, unconditional ele- election, um, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. That's what tulip means. So we can see you start talking to people about this unconditional election. They don't, they don't want to hear that. That means, you know, that God chose you in Him before the foundation of the world. And I guess all I got to do is just go to, go to Ephesians, Ephesians. You know, and in verse, look, look at verses three and four. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. But we need to be and have faith in him. Faith in him. And being rooted and grounded in love. And because of that, we're going to be able to comprehend Comprehend with all the saints. So this is all the saints that have been before us, all the saints that are going to come after us, that we're going to be able to comprehend with all saints. And he goes into something here, and he goes, you know what? What's the breadth and length and depth and height? You know, we might have a larger and more comprehensive view of what is what is that breadth and length and depth and the height? Now you might go, well, what is he talking about? He's known this. We're going to talk about, you go into verse 19 and to know the love of Christ. So we're going to be able to comprehend with all saints that love of God. But he's saying, we were looking at is what is the breadth and length and depth and the height. So when we look at this, we see it's talking about dimensions, dimensions. You know, Bill, Bill does a lot of building. He's, he, he does a lot of things. And, you know, when we look at it, you know, when you look at and you see, it says the breadth, the breadth, the length, you know, the he- the height. And the, the depth, we can see these things. You know, and you, you know when you're a builder, you know what all these things mean and everything. And we're looking at this, but we're going to see when we look at this and understand it, that the love of Jesus Christ knows no bounds. Knows no bounds. When we, when we look at this and, and we see these things and the dimensions, the dimensions of his love, you know, it's, it's amazing. When we look at it, it talks about in its breadth, its breadth, it's, it's what? It's to all the, to all the saints, isn't it? The love of Christ is to all of the saints, all to the elect in all ages, places, and nations. That love of Christ, isn't, isn't it awesome when we can see this? And it's to all the elect. You know, 
and I, I, I guess, you know, one of my favorite verses now is that look at verse chapter 2 and verses 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. What does it start out in verse 5? And it says, even when we were dead in sins. Even when we were dead in sins. That great love wherewith he loved us. He loved us. And we know Paul is talking to a certain group of people here. Because in verse 1 of chapter 1, when he starts out writing it, it's, excuse me, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So when he's talking about this great love wherewith he loved us, it's talk, he's talking about, he's talking to the saints at Ephesus, but he's also writing, and he knows this is not just for that time. None of this, none of this Bible from Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation was not just written for that time. It's written for all eternity to all the saints of God. You know, can you remember first start reading the Bible? Do you remember that? You first start reading the Bible and you read it and there was a lot of that you fully didn't comprehend, did you? You just, you just couldn't grasp it. I remember when I was, I, I grew up in the Lutheran church and when we, when we went to catechism classes, you had to go to catechism classes so that you could be able to participate in communion. So you went through seventh grade, you went through eighth grade after that, then it was okay. I couldn't understand that a whole lot. <laughs> that all of a sudden you were okay that you could have communion. You know, and when I talk about sometimes how churches are with us, you don't see a lot of churches. Next, next Sunday, we're going to do the Lord's Supper and feet washing. There's a lot of people that do communion. A lot of polices don't do feet washing. We didn't do feet washing. We had communion the first Sunday of each. Each. Well, anyway, what I'm getting to, I know I'm getting off track here a little bit. But I, I chose John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I thought when he talked about the world, he's talking about the entire world. God so loved the whole world. But all, he had, all he had to say was, I believe. So our believing should have everlasting life. That's not what it's all about. So see, when you become... Then you're a natural man, now you're a spiritual man, you can see those things. And I could understand it. Now that's not talking about the whole world. And that whosoever believeth in him, you just can't say, I believe in him. I believe in him. No, it has to come from where? We've always, we've looked at this, we've read about it, we've studied it out. It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. That's where it has to come from. From inside a man, it comes and it says that I believe. And you know, it's, it's just not that, but it's 
God and Jesus Christ looks into your heart and they see where your heart is. And they know when you say, I believe, that you, you mean it from the heart. And then Jesus says, you know, I give unto them eternal life. And Matthew says, you know what? For all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And of all that cometh unto me, I will lose not one. And he, you know what he says? It might not be in Matthew. And I will raise them up at the last day. The last day. So that's the elect. In all ages. In all ages, that breath. You know, it, it, it's just not contained to a certain time period. You know, if you remember one time, I, I, I brought it up and I says, you know what, time means nothing to God. Time means absolutely nothing to Him. Because He always has been and He always will be. So that's nothing. You know, He says one day is a thousand years with the Lord. Time has no meaning. He's eternal. He's always there. So we can see this. So all the ages, in all places, in all nations. If you go into Book of Revelation, it says, you know what? There's going to be people there from every tongue and kindred and tribe and nation. There's no one religion, no one country that has a complete lock on this and that are going to be in there going to be in heaven. Every religion, every tongue, every nation, there's going to be people that are going to be in heaven. When we look at it, it lengths, the length, it reaches from one eternity to the other, doesn't it? It's there. It's all, it's all we has been, that love. Because he loved you before the foundation of the world. Because he wrote your names in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Carl, when did he write the Lamb's Book of Life? Before the foundation of the world. So he puts your name in there. He knows, we got to understand, God, and I'm, I'm using God, but God with G and Jesus, they know everything. They know everything. He's omniscient. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. He knows everything. So, I know sometimes this is hard to comprehend, but when he wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, he knew. Susie, he knew the exact day, the hour, the minute, and the second that you were going to be born. He knew that. He knew that. When you were born, he loved you. He loved you because he, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. When we didn't know we were a child of God, he knew we were a child of God. And I know that, I think I've said his word, he loved us in spite of ourselves. You know what? Again, we could go to Ephesians chapter 2. And, and, and read the first four or five verses. You know, we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's the prince of the power of the air, talking about Satan. 
It's talking about Satan. And that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We were disobedient children. My father-in-law sat and said, we're miserable people. We're miserable people. When we looked at, we were disobedient to the word of God. But thanks be to God that he wrote us in the Lamb's book of life. And when that day came, you know what? In that still small voice spoke unto us, said, come unto me. Come unto me. You're laboring and you're heavy laden. You know, you come unto me, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. How awesome it is, you know, that length from one eternity to another. That's just, when we look at this and just realize it, in its depths. To the saints that are even in the lowest state of life. We have to remember we just remember we just talked about this. That woman, I think we just read it not that long ago. That woman that came and wanted help for her daughter. And Jesus said, what? It's not good to give the children's bread unto the dogs. That's what, they, that's what we were thought of as Gentiles, you know. But isn't it, isn't it great when no matter what we were, that God looked upon us? And his love shined upon us and brought us to be what? A part of his family. Remember in Ephesians chapter 1, we've been adopted into his family. We're part of his family, never to be taken out. It's just awesome when we, when we understand these. We can understand these things. That depth and the height. The height. You know, we realize the height of his love. What is it going to be? What is the height of his love going to be? He's going to take us to be with him in immortal glory. That's the height, you know, to an exalted state in glory. That's where he's going to take us to be. You know, when he talks about in my father's house are many mansions. I know I'm going to not quote all of it, but he says, and I go and I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am going to come and gather you unto me that where I am, where Jesus, where I am, you are going to be also. There's a crown of glory he's prepared for each and every one of us. Isn't it awesome when we can see that thing? That, you know, that we're just, just being with him. It's, it's hard. It's hard to comprehend sometimes. You know what I mean, brother Roger? We've been living so long in this earth. And, you know, when we say that one day is, is a thousand years, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just 72. Brother Rogers, 91 now. No, 81. <laughs> or you are 82 now. 81. We won't got to give you. 81. Do we realize that that's just a drop in the bucket to him? That's nothing. What does he say? Our life, our life is like a vapor. Which is here and, and it's gone. You know, if, if you, if, you know, like my wife, she'll put the, put the tea kettle on. I call it a tea kettle, but she'll put the kettle on. Well, it is to make tea, I guess. <laughs> she'll put that, she'll put the water inside there. And when it finally gets hot enough, that steam will come out. You can see that steam, it goes up and it just goes away. When she turns that heat off, what? That steam's gone. That's how your life is. 
It's here, and, it, and it's gone. You know, we're thinking, wow, 72 years, man. I can remember when I was younger and, and, and thought, man, I couldn't wait till I was 21 and all this stuff and everything. And now you look back on that, and 21's a faint memory to me almost. But he's, it's just so good to us to see that, that, you know, the height, all these things and everything that he does, you know, for each and every one of us. It's, it's, it's just great when I, when I see these things. You know what? And when we, when we sat there and, you know, and it says what? And to know the love of Christ. Was it, was it, was it Kennedy to pick 472? Did somebody? You know, and it's, it's just when we look at this thing and just, you know, He's just, he just loves us. You know what I mean? You know, this, we look at this because it's an unconditional love, isn't it? That he has for us. You know, and because he loves us, he walks along with us. He talks along with us. He keeps my spirit glad, keeps my spirit free. Never lets me stray from him. You know what I mean? Never lets me stray from him away and helps my soul the light to see. You know, it's, it's just when we look at this thing and he's the best of all to me, isn't it? He's the best of all to us. Just the love, the love that he has for us. It's, it's just amazing when we we see these things. And in one part of the, the course, it says, fills me with his love, helps me look above. When we look at it, is he our delight each day and night? And he, he should be the best of all to each and every one of us. It's amazing. You know, when it sits here and it says, to know the love, what is that? What does that word know, Brother Roger? Come on, you know it's genosco. Genosco. That means I wrote down some things because yeah, that that's to know by what experience. That word there means to know is to know by experience, and to know the love of Christ. Have we felt that love of Christ by experience in our lives? Because we can see how, how good he is unto us. The love that Christ has for his people. It's amazing when we can see this. You know, it's a special love. It is a special love for his people. And it's a peculiar love. But when we look at it, how special a love is it? You know, in the garden he says, you know, God, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, my will but thy will be done. He loved us so much that he gave his life upon the cross. Remember, he I gave my life, is what he says, tells us, Bill. I gave my life. What does he say? He says, no man takes it from me. No man took my life. So these people all thought, well, we took, we took our life. We got rid of him. They thought that it was going to end if they got rid of Jesus they thought that it was going to end. 
but it didn't end, did it? And it's just, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's all over the world, you know? It's, it's, it's a free and sovereign love and it's unchangeable. When he says, I love you, when he put your name in the language, he says, I love you, it's unchangeable. He's never going to take your, your name out of the Lamb's book of life. He's not going to you. That's what's so awesome. It's the greatest love that we can ever feel in this world. It's, it's, when we look at these things, it's just, it's, it's so crazy. It's a strong love. It's a never ending love. We can say it's never ending because why? Because Jesus says, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. These things are in there. God, when we say God's in control, these are the things that God's in control of. He says, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. And I think that goes on to actually so that we, now nah, 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 I forgot it. It was there and it was gone. So, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. He says, don't fear him that can kill you. But fear him which can what? Can destroy both body and soul in hell. It's just awesome. All of these, it's an unconditional love. We've heard people talk about unconditional love. You know, but with his, it's unconditional. It's an unconditional election. It's not anything that he, that we did. God didn't look out into the world and see who was good and he was going to pick those people. The only reason you're good in the future is because God chose you in him before the foundation of the world. You know, that love of God, you know, which passes knowledge. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? It passes knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. So this love that he had for us is completely, it says it passes all our knowledge. It's hard for us to understand. Remember, God says, you know, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We see, we look at it and say, how could God love such a miserable creature that I am? How could he love somebody that, when it says here, walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience? Well, in verse 3, it says, among whom also we had our conversation... I'm sorry, we all had our conversation in times past and the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, there's the, there's the key word, were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we look at that. It's that love which passeth knowledge. We look at it. We can have some knowledge of this. We can even taste of that love that God has for us, don't we? And what Jesus has for us. The things he accomplished for each and every one of us. Paul prays that, you know, that the saints would have more of this love. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
It's eternal. It's unchangeable. Unchangeable. We should be so thankful for these. These words that are here. You know what? I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to close with this. Let's, let's go to Romans chapter 8. I know Roger knows exactly where I'm going. Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verse, we're going to to verse 35. We're going to go to the end of the chapter. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he goes through some, what, 12 or 13 things here, Brother Roger? And he says, shall tribulation, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? You know, I, I like when the Apostle Paul writes in here and he says, shall any of these things, shall any of the things separate us? You know, and it goes on as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Look at it, it says, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Who is that him? Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ that loved us. For I am persuaded. So when the Paul, when the Apostle Paul said, I am persuaded, he's saying, I am completely convinced. I am completely convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. So none of these things. He says, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, you know, we, we were just talking about the, the height, the depth. And he says, see even that. So neither the height, nor depth, nor length, or breadth, which is so, which is, which is showing how unfathomable the love of God is. The love of Jesus Christ is to us. So, if Paul is completely convinced, then we should be completely convinced in our lives that nothing can separate us. Look at what it's talking about there. I believe when he's talking about principalities and powers, I think he's, he's looking a little bit at principalities, governments, the powers, these people that think they're in authority. None of these can separate it, separate us from the love of God. You've heard me say, you know what? They can take this book away from us. They can. They can take this book away from us but they can't take that love of Christ out of our hearts. They can't, they can't take that away. Not at all. Not at all. See, this is what we, we need to be. We have to understand that we don't know 
when the end times are going to come. We don't know if we're going to go through the tribulation or not. But we know that if we go through that tribulation, that that love of Christ, the love of God, will always be with us and will help us. I hope what I'm bringing out here is, is going to help us in our lives and in the world today. Because it's, uh, we can all, we can already see things that are coming on with a lot of these liberals and everything coming on in the world. And, you know, we need to be prepared because we don't know what is going to be bringing. But, as my wife always tells me, God's got it. God's got it. That's all we need to worry about. That he's got it and God is in control. I thank you for your kind attention this morning.